Good evening, everybody. It is December 20th, 2017, which means it must be time for the What's on Joe Mind 2017 holiday extravaganza. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Got the kind of a cast of oddballs tonight as uh, Gary and Justin have decided to take a pass on the holiday extravaganza. Uh, but with me, as always, the lovely and questionably talented Joe Colton. <laughs> I like the question talented. I figured you would. It really wasn't. It wasn't an insult. But... No, 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 I'm. I I deserve that. I am a very clumsy person. <laughs> no, I mean you, you're talented. It's just that those talents are questionable. Ah, all right. <laughs> and you are a pretty clumsy person. Uh, joining us for a a second straight episode uh, <laughs> is, of course, Joe Colton's right hand right hand woman. Maggie. Hi. Who has all kinds of, of fun thoughts. Say hi, say hi to the people at home, Maggie, when I'm not talking over you. Hello, people at home. I'm sorry for my grizzard. Wow, she's not even one of my parents. <laughs> and uh, sitting sitting at the fourth chair this evening, joining us again after a, a long hiatus. Uh, we've enjoyed his exploits uh, live and online at 3djoes.com. The, the lovely and questionably talented... Carson Saxon. Hey, Mikey. Since we already have one notable author, we'll have to come up for another title for me. Yeah, you you have actual talents though. Like I can't, I can't, I can't call you questionably talented. Well, thanks for having me. I know it's been a it's been a long time, so I'm excited to be back on the show. You don't post pictures of yourself bound with Christmas lights, so it's not a questionable <laughs> talent. You know that that niche is uh, is filled at the moment. Yeah, we don't need we don't need two people <laughs> connected to the show doing that. It would just get weird at that point. Um, mine's this being whole... posted. Hey, Mike. I'm sorry. Mine's being posted on Saturday. Uh huh. All right then. <laughs> so, so maybe we'll take, on your show. You should you should take I mean, it back. Two... We need one more of those posts. Just one well, apparently, I, I think now the <laughs> the trick is if two of them are going to do it, then now everybody's got to do it. Right. Well, Mary Mercenary so. is going to have one as well. Oh wow! Well, well, hopefully, them. they can keep the lights out of out of her ass. <laughs> <laughs> that looked like it was a problem. I just I was really concerned for your comfort at that point. It, it wasn't a problem until Maggie put her foot on my back. Yeah. Well. That'll that'll do it. Where can people check out what the heck I'm talking about, Joe? You can go on to my Instagram, uh, Joe mm-hmm. Colton Cosplay, or on Facebook at Joe Colton Cosplay. There you go. So there's there's some homework for you. Our intro, of course, sponsored by Avax Lab. Be sure to visit Kobe Brown and his band of renown online. Avax Lab, it's a great place to get a little head for your action figure. Nicely sculpted little heads. Nicely sculpted little heads for your action figures. Yeah. That's what I meant. Sickos. And so, uh, since we are, are breaking with our standard numbering format today, we're not going to do the Joes of whatever year. Besides, if we did Gary's segment without him, he'd probably cry. He wouldn't edit it, but he'd probably cry. He wouldn't be able to pick a snow job. Mm. 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 True. Maybe that was all of the master plan all along. So we're going to break with format a little bit, and again, this is the holiday extravaganza for 2017. So instead of picking from a specific year... We're going to share our favorite G.I. Joe holiday memories, and I, I guess I'll lead it off. I'm, it's, this is a weird situation for me. Normally, I'm not the old guy, but today I'm the old guy. 
So I actually, my, my memories go back to the very first year that G.I. Joe was at retail, 1982. And it was, it, it's kind of a funny memory looking back. I wasn't um, born. <laughs> yeah, Maggie wasn't even born yet. <laughs> but basically, my, my older brother, Rob, who many of you have met, was one of those lucky kids that got the entire line that Christmas. And Rob is, is two years older than me, so my, my parents were a little bit less concerned with if he was mature enough to, to handle things. He was also considerably less rambunctious than I was at that particular age. So my, my folks were a little hesitant to, to give all the military toys to the hyper kid because they didn't want to create, like, some gun maniac. So I remember actually being kind of upset, because I, I got, a, a, like, a good chunk of figures. I probably got seven or eight figures that year. But I was like, well, what the heck? Rob and I asked for the same thing. And, of course, you know, like, Rob has is, is always been a sharer, so we, we had no real issues between he and I. But I had some problems with Santa that year. Where I was confused. I was a little hurt. And um, You weren't a... You were in a- you just weren't a good kid. Yeah. I guess not. I mean that 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 is that is the reasoning. That is that is sound. Oh. That's legit. It's pretty uh, tragic, Mike. Did they did they ever not, make it up to you? Did they ever square it up? Not because yeah, it, 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 we got squared away pretty quickly. Okay. All right. Cool. The, that next year, that uh, that first year, uh, uh, eighty three in May, there my for my birthday was. We even the score on that one. Eighty three was my year. Eighty two we had to we had to wait our turn, but eighty three was the year of Mike. Maggie wasn't even a thought. No, no. I was No. What was May of eighty three? I was not a thought yet. No, no. I was almost born. I was supposed to be born in May. But oh. I was a month late. Ah. Mm. A month late? Yeah, a month late. And my mom is five to a hundred pounds wet. Oof. Good grief. Get in an extra month. Mm-hmm. What do you, do you know? What you weighed at birth? Uh, seven pounds fourteen ounces, so almost eight pounds. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, you're, what a shock! Joe was a giant baby, and now you're supposed to laugh like there was no editing there. <laughs> nice. Twelve pounds. Eleven ounces. Good Holy God! Crap. No wonder, no wonder you're seven feet tall in heels. Ah. Like I was a big kid, I was like eight eight, but uh, apparently I was a midget baby. But most midgets are efficient. Twelve pounds, eleven ounces. How is your mother alive? C-section. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, yeah. Hey. Hey, Joe. Were you the last kid then? Uh, I was the only. <laughs> I think you're no, no, Carson. You're absolutely right. She was the last one, <laughs> the one and only. We're done here. <laughs> we're done. We're out. We're out. Twelve eleven. We're out. That's like two kids in one. Twelve eleven. Mm-hmm. How long were you yep. in there? A year and a half. I was a week early. Wow. That's supposed wow. to be winter solstice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wow. I, I mean. Mind you, this is a pain that, uh, you know, Carson, that you and I will never experience. Unless you have a kid Thank God. Stone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. Yeah, I, 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 I've said many times, if I had been born a woman, I'd be dead by now. No. And that's... That, stronger. 
Yeah, that's that's not a that's not an insult. That is that is a show of respect because I you, really really I, I just couldn't I couldn't deal. Yikes! Tw- God, ah, ah. It's a thing. I'm bigger now. It's fine. Well, yeah, but you weren't born at 130 pounds. Yeah, I was the longest baby that that week and the second biggest baby that month. A 15 pound baby beat me. Oh my God. In all of in all of Canada, or like Canada. the the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh, getting away. Yeah. Oh, we're we're getting away from that one in a hurry. So that's that's my that's my kind of funny looking back, Joe. Memory. All right, ladies. Why don't y'all, why don't y'all jump in and then I'll follow up. So my earliest G.I. Joe memory was my dad bringing me uh, Scarlet and because I was a tomboy, so he, he brought me that. And then because we didn't have a lot of money, he didn't get me the play sets. He got me the no-name play sets with the gray sandbags and the blue. Like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, I still have that stuff. It was ridiculous. Hey, don't no, don't say, oh, no. He's, he's still he's trying to provide here. <laughs> This is an experience he's trying to build. Mm-hmm. I remember my Scarlet beat the shit out of Barbie. I ripped off her head, and I created an IED explosion, and Barbie went flying across the living room, and the G.I. Joes cheered. It was great. Awesome. <laughs> and then he, got me, he also got me the ship, whatever that ship was, the no-name ship. It was, like, blue... It was long. It was about, like, two feet long. Mm-hmm. My mom had blue fabric that she made, like, into water. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yep. that's awesome. I know. That's awesome. I know that I remember when, like, but I didn't get G.I. Joe's because I was the girl, so I got Barbies. So I would steal my brother's G.I. Joe's and just play with them or destroy them, depending on what was happening. Maggie, were they still making G.I. Joe's when you were growing up? <laughs> I think so. Pretty sure. I'm picking on you because you're young. So my memory was I've well, spoiler alert, if there's any kids listening, mute the stereo for the next thirty seconds. So uh it was nineteen eighty six and we always went pillaging to try to find our presents before Christmas. And uh in like five days before Christmas we found some wrapped boxes and they were already addressed from Santa to Carson and from Santa to Ted, my brother. And that's when we discovered that Santa Claus was a ruse. Oh. But, it, but anyway, so we peeked in the boxes, and I got the uh, Conquest X30, and I was very happy because that was my first G.I. Joe jet. So that's it for me. G.I. Joe killed Santa Claus. <laughs> Rumor is Santa's a filthy cobra. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Trying to bring down the, the capitalist ways. That's what we'll go with. <laughs> All right, so, Joe, to come back to your story, when did the Joes get released in Canada? Was it still that 80, like, if you're getting Scarlet, was that still maybe, like, 83, 84? Yeah, yeah, 84, 85, maybe. I don't know, it's it's weird that that I'm at a point now after uh, you hang out with the full force guys enough and you know a whole lot about when things were released in the U.K., but I couldn't tell you Canada's... A, a day's drive away, and, and I couldn't tell you the first thing about collecting it there. 
I didn't realize that they were delayed. I thought they were on the kind of same rotation that we were. Mm, no, it depends. So most of the toys get released to Canada when the European toys get released. Oh, wow. Yeah, at least back then they did. And mm-hmm. like same with music and fashion. But nowadays, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I found toys up there when I went a couple Christmases ago that were down here and things that weren't going to be released yet they had already been released there because they were released overseas it's weird yeah they're they're just getting richard marks now <laughs> they're holding on to the night <laughs> holding on to the memories so that is our uh, our nod to the holidays been gone since before thanksgiving we get christmas we'll get new years again my money is on on this being posted before either of the previous two episodes that we recorded Mm. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, if you have any of your own stories, by all means, let us know. Send us an email, what's on Joe Mind at gmail dot com. Share it on our Facebook wall. Uh, whatever you know, you know where to find us. I guess I should throw this out there. Basically, there's a couple different projects that are happening, and they're all related to GI Joe memories around the holidays. If you guys know Chad Huckle, he's the guy who's behind uh, Flophouse Films. And he did the Air Devon collection, which was like a nine-piece video. He also did a series with Mark Palomo, who wrote The Ultimate Guide to Collecting G.I. Joe. And so Chad is a you know avid G.I. Joe fan. If you go to Yojo, he's got a ton of vehicle photos on there. He was uh, helping Yojo for quite some time with that. He's made videos of his own. He's built his own website uh, dedicated to his vamp collection. So he's a diehard collector with just a ton of creative energy. And uh, Paige Wagner who's a good friend of mine and a super collector. Basically, we're, we're all going together and soliciting photos, like Christmas photos of people with their toys as kids. And I'm going to create a gallery that goes on 3D Joe's, and it'll just be growing up G.I. Joe, just a little walk down memory lane. I'm not planning to make anything else with it other than just putting up a page for people to go, you know, click through photos and reminisce. And But Chad's planning to make a video complete with narration and commercials and, and different materials, and it's going to be all about growing up in the 80s with G.I. Joe. He could tell you all more about that. And um, so we just started soliciting for gathering photos for that today on all the different various Facebook groups. If you want to participate, you can email your photos to childhoodgijoe@gmail.com. So childhoodgijoe@gmail.com. It might end up in a video, and it'll definitely end up on 3D Joe's. Damn it, now I have to edit this quick. (laughs) Well, our hope, you know, going ahead and getting that message out there was that people are going to be going home for the holidays, so if they're going back to their parents' house or whatever, maybe they'll go digging through their old photos if they want to participate. There you go. You going to do that, Joe? Yeah, I think I'm going to. Cool. Please do. Just make a video and send it. Get a picture of uh, Barbie after the IED. <laughs> there's uh there's already something like this in the Star Wars community and so I think you know Paige saw that and the guy that had done that and he was totally cool with us kind of piggybacking on his idea and so that's where that started and then Chad told me about wanting to make a video and so we just decided to kind of combine the effort and see what we can make out of it. It's very cool. Paige is a good guy. Uh, I get oh, yeah. to I get to see him a few times a year. He's local mm-hmm. uh, to me here in St. Louis. Yeah. So every uh, I, I see him a lot at, at Toy Man shows, and mm-hmm. I always try to at least chat with him a little bit. No, he, he's he's good people. I like Paige. 
Yeah, him and him and his brother Greg are two of the, two of my earliest friends in the hobby. I would say I remember meeting him at my first JoeCon 2012, and just kind of hitting it off and staying in touch ever since. There you go, JoeCon again, building the memories. <laughs> oh, it's like happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> it's the last one you got to go this year, all of you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you heard, if you can hear this at all, you got to go. Otherwise, you've let me down. Even worse, you've let Maggie down, and she gets angry. I do. You wouldn't like her when she's angry. No, most people wouldn't. There are people who are like, I think I want to see you angry. Really, you don't. Mm-mm. Why'd you want, why would you want to see anybody angry? What's Maggie likes seeing me angry. I love seeing you angry. It's amazing. But, yeah, everyone's like, oh, no, I've seen you mad before. I'm like, no, you haven't. You've seen me peeved, you've seen me upset, but you've never seen me angry. There's a good reason for it. So, <laughs> so Carson, give us that email address one more time. Yes. Uh, oh, jeez. Got me on the spot. Give me one second. Quick Come edit on, here. Come man. It's <laughs> right there. I got it. I got Come it. It's on. childhood, G.I. Joe at gmail.com. So it's all, all one word, no spacing, no punctuation, childhood, G.I. Joe at gmail.com. There you go. Yo. There was some segue for you. Awesome. It's like it's like we do this. It's like we've done this before. Once or twice, have we? So we got the news. Yeah. Sponsored by GeneralsJoes.com. I know that guy. Yeah, he's all right. He's a wall. Can't say too can't say too nice things about him. He's writing a book. Probably. Writing a book. Whose phone is... Who's blowing up? Not me. Not me. Nobody blows my phone up. Yeah, for real. I I know how that goes. First news item. Marauder Task Force role-playing game Kickstarter shuts down. No! Yeah. What happened? It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. They've decided to pull back, uh, retool some of the game elements. They weren't quite getting the financial donations that they had in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just more of not so much at Christmas time kind of deal. Mm-hmm. They they were at uh, 7,770. Mm-hmm. And I believe the materials that I had seen said that they're, they're, again, retooling the game elements, plan to relaunch that in 2018. Uh, well, which is good, because... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. To me, it begs the question, you know, what are toy collectors willing to pay for? Right? How many of them can you get to kind of cross over into gaming? So I, I was curious how that would go. It's not to say that it won't work in 2018. They might come back with a formula that that is more successful. I'm just curious to see how many toy collectors are going to switch into role play, you know, gaming role play or whatever. Well, Kickstarter did involve uh, material that was not available in on the site. It was there was going to be some new stuff. Okay. Uh, available in this Kickstarter, so I, I, I mean, obviously the crossover is there, mm-hmm. but yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, even if even if they're just getting the game as a means to get this this the new selection, well, that, that's okay. That's something. Yeah, Marauder's kind of an interesting, and and we we have to call it a property now, um, mm-hmm. in that it's it's been very successful in its in its little segment without having an established backstory or established characters or. Or anything like that. It's just it, it's basically it's a brand name and it's a bunch of different colored soldiers and 
that's that's all it is. So yeah. if you're going to keep growing that brand, that property, you've got to you got to branch out into some of this. Yeah, I mean, you never know. If you look at the toys of the '80s, the ones that were successful had the really good intellectual property, and that company had to invest hundreds of thousands and millions in developing those intellectual properties. I'm a strong believer that the reason GI was not nearly as strong in 88, 89, 90 was because they had dialed back the kind of investing in developing their intellectual property. You know, after the movie, for a couple of years, we didn't have anything. And then when we got the cartoon, it was noticeably lower quality. And us, even us kids, you know, I was, I was 10 years old at the time, but when Operation Dragonfire came on in 1989, I was like, what is this junk, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So I think it wasn't syndicated either, was it? It was that was straight USA Network, wasn't it? I think that's right. I'm I'm not the hugest kind of historian of the of the cartoon, but that sounds right. But I mean, it's a, it, even if a ten year old if a ten year old kid can tell that the entertainment that you're feeding them is is of significantly lower quality, they're going to lose interest in the property, and probably. Not coincidentally, I stopped collecting G.I. Joe as a kid in 1990. I was 11 by that time, but I think it had a lot to do with the fact that, the, to me, the cartoon being lower quality kind of turned me off of it. So anyway, uh, what I was going to say about uh, Toys Today, though, is Boss Fight obviously piggybacked on some intellectual property that's been around for, you know, thousands of years, <laughs> whereas... <laughs> Whereas Marauder's been really impressive, uh, they're just they're just kind of winning on quality. Not that they're, and I'm not doing an AB comparison, boss fight versus Marauder, and saying one's better than the other. But I'm, I'm saying that Marauder is putting out such a high quality product that they've been able to avoid having to create any intellectual property. They're like the NECA guys. They're like NECA. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, it's like the NECA small guys. Mm-hmm. I like their figures. I, yeah, I buy a lot of NECA. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I just got those damn movie Ninja Turtles in. You late eighties kids with your Ninja Turtles. Ah. Yeah. I can't bring myself ah. to do it. No. Uh, you know. They're big. They're big and beautiful, man. They're made by Jim Henson, right? Whatever. I mean, hey. <laughs> hey, I I missed a whole segment. Oh, okay. I went in the rundown. I I absolutely passed. Joe Colton presents creepy fanboy messages straight from Loser Town. The greatest segment in the history of podcasts. So, wait, are we going to go back and forth now? <laughs> forget, forget the news. Forget the news. That we're going back. We're going back for it. We can't leave this alone. We can't skip fanboy messages straight from Loser Town. Like, we were literally prepared. We pulled stuff up. We had it ready and waiting to go. I know. My bad. My bad. I, I have no. I have no excuse. I think it's because it's in all caps. You kind of looked over it like it was a title or something. I scrolled right past it. I mean, <laughs> I only do the rundown for every episode. I'm only used to looking at it every time. Yeah. Nope. We're in the dumbass hat today. This was this was Mike's idea for an, for a segment. By the way, I was like, this cannot be a segment. But I would tell them stories on, like, when we were off air, and they're like, you have to do this. All right. It's magic. And now... Magic! The stories. All the stories. <sighs> All right. <laughs> to, to, give our, to give our standard disclaimer, we've, uh, of course, if you recognize your message uh, as one being recounted by one of our lovely ladies, uh, mm-hmm. we are laughing at you. We are yes, not laughing are. with you. You are from Loser Town. You are yeah. straight from Loser Town. Yeah. You d- you did the intro, Maggie's asking, right? I was like, 
All well, right. I gave the disclaimer. We're good. You guys take it away. It's your show now. <laughs> All right. I will. I'll start, and then Maggie will do the do the big story. <laughs> so I had uh, I had posted the the sexy fishnets and handcuffs photo on Sexy Saturday. Mm. <laughs> Again, it just just looked uncomfortable. You should have seen us all trying to get her in that position. There was a lot of like, nope, nope, butt needs to be up more. Arch your back. Push. All right, now hold it. Into your ass cheeks. I, I can't say as I've ever had Christmas lights stuck in my ass before. I just, I can't imagine that it'd be comfortable is all. I'm like laying there. I cannot imagine that that is comfortable, but go on. So I got one message that said, Naughty girl, I don't believe it. You're a goody-goody. Oh, no. <laughs> so where do you go from there? Is that it? Is that all we got? I'm guessing Maggie's throwing that, that one on its head pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also got PMs on my Facebook account that was very, like, you can, you're the best Christmas. I want you under my tree. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm wishing for you, wishing to unwrap you with all your life. I knew something about unwrapping was coming. <laughs> yeah. Wes is a good sport, though. He's uh, he's not, like, freaking out. Freaking out. He's, like, he just shakes his head. <laughs> oh, he, he knew what he signed up for, right? I don't think, no, no, he, he did didn't. He, he did actually, not. No? No. no. All right. All right. When we met, he, uh, he just knew me as just Joe, and he knew okay. Matt. Better than he knew me. Like, you guys knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he didn't, like, he's like, I had no idea <laughs> that you had interesting fan- Creepy fanboy straight from Loser Town. Yeah, he was like, I just wanted to get to know you. I didn't realize that you are a package with a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a couple of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. So I, I got that, and then I got um, the Christmas ones we got. That were we've been posting the last couple of days. Oh yeah, we got. A, I got some messages on Facebook saying, "You three are very classy ladies, and we would like to take you out for dinner." And like, okay, it's random. But yeah. All right. So. <laughs> all right. I did get a question if Maggie and I are going to go to JoeCon. Well, you are right. Uh oh. They've cut out. They've bailed. It was was I putting the heat on them for coming to JoeCon and said they just they had to get off? Apparently so. Wow. Apparently so. I mean, it, they know yeah. it's the last one, right? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they're aware. Yeah. <laughs> There's the Just Ash. The Just Ash, uh, just so you know, when, when I make reference to that, it's that little hang-up icon that shows up on your Skype avatar. Uh, okay. With Justin, it, it with Justin, it's right under his nose, so it's the just ash. Gotcha. We're, we're back. What'd hey, you hey. do? Uh, he had an alarm on her phone, and it went off and paused. Oh. Couldn't figure out how to unpause the call. Uh uh-uh. uh Quit dicking around. So you almost dodged the question, but I'm I'm putting the fire at your feet. Are you guys coming to Jocon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I figured you had to. I cu- I couldn't imagine the last Jocon without y'all there. Yeah. No, I I never miss a joke on. I didn't think so. That was kind of a random question from the uh, guy from Loser Town. 
Yes. Right. Also, I, I informed him that my mom would also be coming. <laughs> so that that ended that conversation very quickly. Nice. <laughs> well, I don't know. As cover. <laughs> you know that that's somebody's king. Oh. No. Oh. We're actually going to be dressing her up. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Oh. I'm just saying is all. Oh, God. Okay. Hey. Your turn, Maggie. Not that 12-pound baby, okay, Mikey? That's <laughs> like a 13-pound baby. Good grief. <laughs> she is nobody's cake any longer. <laughs> uh, All right. Sorry. I don't feel pain. So on the 4th, a couple days before Mary Mercenary came and visited us, I posted a picture of the three of us on face or on Instagram. And I think mm. Facebook, too. There's the three of us at JoeCon in the pool. And Mary has her hands on my boobs. Oh, yeah. So, I got, like, the normal boobies. Also, or no, that was, actually, Mary said that. Boobies. Also, I'm not, I'm not naked, I swear. Other people oh, are like, gosh, yeah, sure, she's that. not. I get this. I get one of them. It's like, wish those hands were mine. Wow. And then uh, the Me Too group will haunt you. So the person who said, wish those were my hands, messages both me and Mary, the woman, from India. (laughs) She's like, hi, how are you? You know, just like starting with small talk. I ignored it because I immediately recognized it as the person who was like, I wish those were my hands. So I just didn't respond. (laughs) Mary, on the other hand, had no clue. And so she responded and was like, hi, I'm fine. How are you? And so this lady just starts going off on, like, how, like, she keeps calling her sister. <laughs> oh, I saw some of these, I think. Yeah, probably. And so, like, and she... I was tagged in the Facebook thread because of this segment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so she's like, you know, what do you do besides, you know, being beautiful? And, and, and <laughs> Sarah is getting... At this point, Mary is, like, kind of figuring out, like, this is going weird, so I'm going to make it weirder. So when she asked, what do you do for a living? I paint pine cones for rich people and make really good money. And the lady isn't even bad at eyes. She's like, oh, really? Can I see some like pictures of your work? I'd like to see it. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm a little busy right now. Sorry. And he's like, oh, okay. So do you want to be a lesbian with me? Like, just drops it. Out of nowhere. Throwing this out there. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm married. I'm I'm okay. I'm good. No thanks. Thanks. It's all right. And but she keeps calling her sister the whole time. Like, oh come on, my sister, we we can be lesbians together. Mm. And just like she messages me and she's like, have you been getting messages from this person? And I'm like, I got one and I ignored it. It's like, no, no, you can play along. I'm like, uh, uh, if I have time, I'll get to it. But I'm at work and I don't want to be anyone's sister. I don't want to be anyone's sister who wants to be a lesbian with me. <laughs> Oh yeah. God! I'm just I'm thinking ahead to at some point in 2018 when when you guys do the ladies' uh, night three. I'm 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 just excited for after Saturday. This will be the that that this segment on ladies' night three will be the greatest segment of all time. Probably oh, it will be fantastic. Yes, Mary has a lot of stories. There's a lot of guys who have foot fetishes with Mary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Really? And like picture <laughs> <laughs> of your toes. How did that the toes? And I was like, What? 
how does that even start? Like, did she post some sexy photos of her feet? No, she, no. like, would post pictures of sandals she was wearing. Yeah. Or, or when, like, when she or when she's walking in her kimonos. Yeah. Huh. Or, like, playing with the dog. Maybe a part of her foot is in the photo as, she's, as the dog mm. is laying on her. So she would get an IM on Instagram saying, can you take a picture of just your toes? Hmm. Interesting. See, I mean, that, that's if that's your thing, that's your thing. But there are people out there that will service that thing. Yes, they pay, big money. <laughs> they pay really big money for yeah. it. But but when but when you go and just start when you start spreading that thing with people that it is obviously not their thing, that's when you're that's when you're buying a condo in Loser Town. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to see if Plan B shows up. By the way, <laughs> no, because Maggie has never had the opportunity to come face to face with Plan B. Well, in fairness, very few people have because usually the odor knocks you back. Oh, yes, oh, lovely. He had cornered Mary and I in the Roma Collectibles booth. Cornered, we couldn't escape. No, that's when you knock. That's when you knock some temporary fixtures over. No, he wanted to challenge my knowledge on G.I. Joe. He had he two was, he plans. Was, he was, oh, he was sizing you up to be his mate. Punch him in the face. <laughs> That's he, the plan B mating ritual there. Right. The first plan was to, to challenge everybody's knowledge, and plan B <sighs> was to find a wife at JoeCon. Wow. And I was not married, so I wow. was not as potential. You were on the list, yeah. Uh, as potential. Well, yeah, that's kind of how that goes. And he had worn the same G.I. Joe five days. Disgusting. Had sweated through it, and Mike yeah. had to point I out. Carry that, like a bottle of breeze. <laughs> a pit stain. Lovely. That was great. Yeah, he hasn't been for a couple of years, as far as I know. But yeah, the last time he was there, I remember walking past him, and I got no closer than six feet. And it was like getting punched in the back of the head. Lovely. I have a, really I have a mental image of Maggie just walking around with a fan and Febreze and just spraying everybody. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, you know how Kramer reacted to stuff on Seinfeld? That was kind of how I reacted when I walked past this guy. I also can't wait until he posts that one. Yes. Because that's going to be hilarious. Yes. Because the real weirdos are gonna for that one. Yes. Oh God. You can you can send it to Mike and Carson so they can see it. Okay. Not Hold to the people at home. Can uh, we put this uh, in show notes? No, on no, the Facebook. On the Facebook. Facebook. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you uh, so yeah, so this is the next one she's posting, and I can't wait for the creepers to come out for this one. Here we go. All right. Oh, window. oh, wow. Window is opening. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mike, uh, where can the listeners find these photos? <laughs> I don't think that's a question for me to answer. I think that's a question for the ladies to answer for their Instagram uh, account. Okay. I don't have an Instagram anything, so I, I it's all that's all Greek to me. Yeah. I really like the lighting on that red one. Oh. 
Yeah. yeah. That's nice. It was not red either. It's a right. Purple. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, white light. Mm. And the one after that is the one against the wall. Mm. That looks like a Christmas card. <laughs> you took the side view, remember? Did he? Mm-hmm. He didn't, so, haven't put it in there yet. No. Yeah. All right, so you can find Maggie's photos. Mm-hmm. Which is Maggie's Madness or MM Kogan eighty three. You can find my photo at Joe Colton Cosplay. Gotcha. <laughs> so I you know I, I tend to think of <laughs> as a sister that I've had for five years. Oh, you gotta take a, take a you gotta lap. take a lap. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you gotta take a lap. Alright, so I'm ready I'm ready to reboot. This is uh we'll assume that the editor has done his job. Alright. So yeah, I've uh, you know I've only since twenty twelve, but I think of her as a sister, and so usually when I see these types of photos, I, I'm like, oh that's nice, and I keep scrolling, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I'll be damned, man. The Christmas lights ones came came on, and I was like, ah, I can't tell that's her. <laughs> I'm just gonna have another look. <laughs> so uh, it, yeah, the the the, yeah, the thought yeah. that you you have, and to to indoctrinate you into the co-host speak a little bit here. Uh. It, it whatever makes her happy. Yeah. William feels the same way, Carson. Don't worry. I yeah. sometimes ask him to help me do a tagline for the photo, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that there's a smudge on your cheek." <laughs> <laughs> that is all I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm just the guy who says, "Hey, you got lights in your ass." <laughs> my role here. It's my job. He likes to bring me down back to earth. Yeah, right. Somebody's got to balance it. Put the lights in your ass. Wait till they see the one where your foot's on my ass. Yep. That's yeah. You're definitely getting somebody <laughs> sending you a message on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll beat the creepy guy who wanted her laughing, cackling for 15 minutes in straight jacket. the straight jacket with colorful weird, pants yeah. and socks. Yeah. Yeah. None. None of this beats that. None of this beats crying guy. None of this beats the cot. Right, or the diaper guy. Well, diaper guy, he's he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> diaper guy, we, we kind of owe diaper guy a nod, because diaper guy is really the inspiration for this whole segment. It, he is. Carson, have you heard that? Uh, no, I have not. Oh. Why don't, why don't we tell new guy about diaper guy? Come on, weren't you? I know. No, I think okay. that's Oh, oh, that's right, you guys are driving down. Yeah, so, wait, is this, is this the diaper guy with, because there's two diaper there's stories. Two diaper guys. There's two diaper, how does this happen? <laughs> All right, is this the, the, is the diaper guy the one <laughs> where he's wearing the diaper or the other diaper? I have heard both, so. The, <laughs> Which uh, diaper the, the, guy the, is in the Hall of Fame? The inspiration, though, is the one that, that wanted you to wear the diaper. Yeah. Right, okay. okay. So I was, I was dating a guy. <laughs> I didn't think this started with somebody you were dating. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, jeez, go ahead. <laughs> and he... And for, were, for the record, let's just to keep everybody clean, these are not any of Joe's paramours that we have been introduced to on this program. This is before, before Joe Con and What's on Joe Mind and all the connected activities were a part yeah. of any of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was still. So we're going. Here. We're going back a few years. Picture, yeah. if you will, Toronto, nineteen sixty-eight. 
I was still living in Toronto. So I was dating a guy, and we were just talking. He said, I want to be a little bit more adventurous. And I was like, okay, well, well what do you have in mind? Because, you know, you got to at least hear what the adventure is. You're, you're figuring, <laughs> well, he's, he's going to wear a Canadian's jersey. Right, right. Or, you know, want... I don't know. Bondage. Right. Something simple. Yeah, tie me up, or I, I want silk teeth. Something. <laughs> it turns into this, well, I would love if you would wear a diaper, and I get to wipe you after you go to the bathroom in the diaper. And the relationship ended in how many seconds afterwards? Well, I was like, I don't under. I started laughing because I didn't understand. I thought he was joking, and then he goes, "No, no, no, number two. What? <laughs> Why? So, in how many seconds does this guy done? Uh, like not even one second. I got up and I left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good call. I'm glad you did that. That's the yeah. mayor right there. The mayor of Browntown? Well, I was I was thinking, you know, Loserville. Stick with it. But in fairness to him, he was not exactly crossing a line. I mean, he at least asked, you know. Right. He didn't say, hey, go put this on. I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you are not a complete stranger. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what I would do if he gave me a diaper and said, I need you to sh** in this. I want to wipe you. <laughs> wow. Uh, I believe that's the response. Uh. I think he would have been wearing the diaper, probably. So that's that's one of my diaper stories. We'll save hmm. the other one for another time. Yeah. We don't want to give it, we don't want to give it all away on one one episode. I just yeah. He's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that guy. I kind of feel sorry for him. Like, do you think he, do you think he ever met a woman that, that scratched that itch for him? You know, that's like, that's going to be a hard one to get scratched. Ah, uh, no. I'm thinking that there's a website with that. It, whatever. He just, I'm, I'm sure once he got, once he figured out where to look, I'm sure that itch got scratched pretty quickly and pretty often. Yeah. yeah. And he paid for it, probably. Mm-hmm. At least the first few times. Right. Wow. But no, no, that's, that's, I'm positive. Since we've thought of it, a website exists to service it. So yeah. I feel like this um, this podcast has gotten a lot more X-rated since I was on here. <laughs> this, this is what Joe. This is what Joe Colton does to things. She, she pollutes them. I ruin everything. There's very much a truth to that. She pollutes it all. Less and less clothing and smaller and smaller underwear. Oh. By the way, the last time we had a shoot for Halloween, you're the one who cut my shirt. I did. Smaller. Yeah. Not. It wasn't correct. I I had a nice length. Yeah. And you, you shit like that to me where I become more and more naked in these shoots. So, yeah, you were going to lose more of your shirt and yeah. have the correct look to the picture I you were trying to go for. I have to tape your breasts. So, let's not. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> you're good. You're good. I'm just saying, if you guys if you guys start to fight, we'll get it on the YouTube channel. Don't give that away for free. Okay. 
Anyways, that is Joe Colton Presents Fanboy Messages Straight from Loser Town, December 20, 2017. So we'll mosey on inconspicuously back to the news desk. <laughs> Can we really go back to the news after all that? I don't know, but we're going to try. We're going to try. Uh, only one other news item, but it is a big one. <laughs> Just a couple of days ago, of course, as I'm putting together a show rundown, usually this is how it happens, is I'll have it just about finished, and then something will break. And that's absolutely what happened this time. Yeah. Uh, G.I. Joe 3 was given a release date on Monday. Awesome. Monday is not that release date, of course. But G.I. Joe 3, or a, a, a perhaps more accurately, a third G.I. Joe movie, right. is planned for March 27, 2020. So over two years from now. Right, and this was a very, it, this was not a detail-heavy announcement, right? They were basically putting that, that tent pole in the ground that, hey, this is when our films are going to happen, but it, it didn't really include any planning in terms of storyline, producers, directors, actors, potential direction. None of that stuff was included with this announcement. So I don't, I, I hesitate to even call it G.I. Joe 3 because I, I think it could very well be an entire reboot that kicks off this Hasbro interconnected universe. I personally, I'm kind of hoping for that. We can dig in and talk about the previous two films, of course, but you know, in my mind, I think we're, we're primed and ready for a reboot. Yeah. It's, it would stand to reason that that's the case because you're already looking at by the time 2020 rolls around, that means retaliation would be seven years old. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. one thing if you're doing a movie sequel that's seven years apart. That's kind of a long wait in the, the movie franchise world. Mm -hmm. But then you figure that, that Rise of Cobra was four years before that. So now you're, you're saying you're, if you're just continuing on, you've got the seeds of your, your movie universe happening over a decade previous. I tend to think that you're right. It's just going to be a complete uh, relaunch there. Continu continuing on with Hasbro's press release, they also put a date on a Micronauts movie for October 16, 2020. With a Dungeons and Dragons reboot, July 23, 2021. That first one. Vin Diesel will probably be in that one. <laughs> He's a big D&D &D guy. And then, and then an untitled Hasbro project, October 1, 2021. So we're, we're seeing pretty far off in the future on this. Lots of time to, to get a movie done. But let's go back to, to G.I. Joe. We'll dial back to that. I want to give you guys a chance to talk more about your impressions of Joe as a movie franchise. I'll, I'll just kind of rehash what I've got, because Lord knows everybody who listens to this program has heard me rattle on this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but regardless of what you think of them from a creative standpoint, these are successful movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they, the budget on them was was somewhere between 150 175 million. Both movies made over 300 million. Retaliation made more than twice that worldwide. Did very well. Uh, so mm -hmm. the, these are not flops. GI mm -hmm. Joe is not a disaster at the theater, uh, mm -hmm. regardless what the internet community would have you think. Uh, a lot of people went to watch those movies. Uh, a lot of them continue to enjoy them because you see you see them both pop up on cable every couple of weeks, which means that they somebody has to be watching when they show it or they'd stop showing it, uh, yep. and they continue to show it. So there is potential in G.I. Joe. I think it's it's a little bit adrift from a creative standpoint. But like you guys who, who haven't haven't had the chance to, to rattle on this, like Carson, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll start with you, I guess. Where where do you sure. stand on, on what's already come? Sure. So... 
you know, the original Rise of Cobra was, I went and saw it, I tried to kind of suspend disbelief, give up my childhood, don't have the expectations that this is going to be exactly as I remembered and loved and cherished, and give something else a chance. But they made it so close to my childhood, but yet so wrong, right? <laughs> like, the idea that Baroness had a relationship with almost every male character in the movie. She dated Duke. Uh, Cobra Commander was very possessive of her. She had some a relationship with Destro, but yet Storm Shadow was like creeping over her shoulder in every other scene. It was just, it was, it was terrible, man. And and the internationalization of the characters that we already knew and loved, like making Breaker a Moroccan. You know, I, I understand we have to cater to an international audience, but. I feel like there's a ton of international characters already in G.I. Joe, so why not pick some of those? You know, like, let's have the Russian Red Star in there, for example, or let's have Big Ben in there, or, or whatever. It it departed quite a bit from the cartoon and the, and the Real American Hero Larry Hama comic that I grew up with. But I will say that the first movie kind of captured the fun of the cartoon, just like the, the over-the-top kind of big battle scenes. The big underwater scene at the end was was pretty... Pretty fun. So from a story perspective, I felt like it was too close to my childhood stuff and yet too far off. To, like, it, it should have gone further away. If it, if it wanted to get away from that and, you know, change some things, have Scarlet be dating Ripcord instead of Snake Eyes or Duke, have Duke be dating the Baroness, why not just, just you know, ch- make more kind of wholesale changes instead of doing the same characters but just getting those characters wrong felt kind of weird to me. They tried to tell a really big story with the first movie. They had a large cast. They had really big battle scenes. And I think for retaliation, they went in the opposite direction, and they, they obviously they killed off everybody, and they focused on a much smaller team, and you got a more intimate view of G.I. Joe. And so I really personally, you know, my own personal taste, I appreciated retaliation a lot more than I did Rise of Cobra because of that. We, we got to know the characters, and you felt like you were kind of in there as part of the team. And uh, and I liked The Rock as Roadblock. I thought he was fine, and I liked uh, Joe Colton. Um, I like Bruce Willis as Joe Colton. I enjoyed both of those characters. So I, I was fine with Retaliation. I, I don't. I think anybody that thinks Retaliation is just a terrible movie, they're just kind of not going to like anything. <laughs> that said, I don't think we should be tied to either one of those films going forward. Uh, everything that I've heard coming out of Hasbro has been much more they've got they've got a bigger vision they've got a grandiose kind of vision of taking these intellectual properties that you know were around for a few years in the 80s and turning it into a shared universe i'm not saying i think that's going to work but i understand that that's what their vision is and so i think gi joe the third gi joe live action film has to kind of throw these first two films out start over and go ahead and introduce some of those kind of shared universe concepts Especially, if, you know, if Micronaut's coming up, what, seven months after G.I. Joe is, I'm sure they're going to be planting the seeds for Micronauts in G.I. Joe if they're going to truly be doing, like, a shared universe thing. I don't know. Maggie, what did you think? How would you feel about the two films? I kind of agree. The first one was fun. Uh, um, I wasn't, like, huge into G.I. Joe at that point, so I knew the basics and definitely saw the things that were wrong. But it was fun and at least kind of gave you an idea of what the world was supposed to be like. And the second one, definitely, I enjoyed, like, I thought it was weird that they killed everybody off. Mm-hmm. Just from a standpoint, period, I was just like, wait, what? They just mm-hmm. killed everyone? Okay. But it was nice to, like, get to know other people. And I do, like, The Rock was great as Roadblock, and Bruce Willis is always amazing. And they just did sell off this year 
the last lot, I think, of the costumes from Retaliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. They I, had I, some... They're, they're definitely dropping a lot of stuff to get rid of all the stock that they have. So I'm hoping for a reboot. Uh, that's a that's a good point. If they were planning on kind of utilizing any of that stuff, they would have kept it around. I see yeah. what you were saying there. As background, yeah. even yeah. having the weird suits just kind of in the R&D and, like, people mm. fiddling with it. If they're not going to use them, mm-hmm. why would they sell them off? So I'm, I'm hoping for a reboot just to... Hopefully, get a little more coherent story, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, and I hope they don't try to combine them all in the movies. I feel like that would be shoving too much down people's throats, especially if they are going to reboot it. Throwing Micronauts into a reboot of a GI Joe could be a little too complicated and weird. Yeah, I think it would have to just be a, a very small cameo of some sort. When, when we talk about the Marvel shared universe, they've had over a dozen films to build that slowly. So Hasbro is not going to get there anytime soon, and they're just going to have to regularly put these things out, and hopefully the first couple will be successes so that at some point they can sustain a failure if one does come along. But it's you know it's a big gamble that they're making. And this is separate from the AllSpark stuff, right? There's still going to be Transformers films. There's still going to be Transformers kind of branch out solo films, like the Bumble one that's coming. So that's that's all these four films, these four announcements are in addition to those. So there's really going to feel like there's a, a lot more kind of Hasbro toy-related stuff out there than this news release would give you the impression of. But if they're doing a reboot, they still got to build the Iron Man one. they got to build the first one as a foundation, and then you yep. like, can't just throw everything and... That's right. Like Side Squad, right? They tried to throw everything in the kitchen sink in that mm-hmm. one. You're like, nope. Yep, and it was garbage. You didn't connect with any of them. you got to start smaller. I, I agree 100%. I think that was one of the big issues with Rise of Cobras, and I think they tried to course correct for that with retaliation, killing everybody off, and focusing on a smaller group of people. So they kind of did that in reverse order. But I think to Hasbro's credit, I think that might have been them kind of taking all the fan feedback and actually trying to act on some of it. Say for example the uh, the loathing of Channing Tatum as Duke. You know, I I don't think it I don't think it was that Channing Tatum. He's he since talked a lot of junk about his experience in GI Joe, but at the time I don't think he was vocally saying he didn't want to be a part of the second one. So I, I think they've they've listened to the fans, but the fans' response to the first movie was probably due in part to the fact that they tried to cram so much stuff in there. Yeah, I'm gonna take a guess here, but. I don't know if there's a if if they're gonna stick a Snake Eyes in to the movie. They probably will. Mm-hmm. But right now, other than Ray Park, I have no idea who they would pick. Uh-uh. Unless they go for the new female. They could go for the new female. With how well that thing is selling, out. Yeah. Okay, I'll be vocal about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am all for good news coming out of the GI Joe universe, and I'm thrilled that 248 has gone to second or third print, and, and that Larry's book is selling well. I'm a huge fan of Larry Hamm. I have been since I was a kid. That said, I think that the talk of her getting a cartoon series or being the Snake Eyes in the next movie and all that stuff is just entirely premature, just because we haven't had even a full story arc with her yet, right? It's it's fun. It's fun that he's experimenting with it, and he's been laying the groundwork for this storyline for like a year and a half. So it's not like he just shoehorned this in there. So I'm I'm glad to see it getting the response that it's getting. But I don't think 
we should, as a fan community, uh, be kind of throwing any fuel on the fire of the idea that she should replace Snake Eyes in the next film. No, but I'm wondering, like, as an actor, who else is out there other yeah. than him to play it, like martial artist? And I can't think of a young martial artist as good. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so what about the guy that played, he's a Chinese actor, and he played Ip, Ip Man, IP Man? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was he was also in Rogue One. Yeah, he's pretty badass. I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing. <laughs> What'd you say? He's not, not young. young. No, he's. Why does he have to be young in your mind? He's get. Uh, well, I'm thinking more of the like. He's getting up there, and the amount of agility you're going to need for Snake Eyes is going to yeah. be more difficult with the older the guys are. And if they're gotcha. really he, he's he's going to be CGI'd. It's it. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it matters who they cast as Snake Eyes anymore. Really? You think it'll just yeah. go full on computer? I, I think any time he's not standing still, it's going to be at least enhanced CGI. Yeah. Well, as long as they don't put lips on him, I'm fine with it. <laughs> the uh, I gotta say, the retaliation. Who, whoever the costume designer was for retaliation did a bang up job because Cobra Commander was incredible. Snake Eyes was much improved. Pretty Young was good with both of her, like the mm. red. Outfit and the mountain outfit. Yep. yep, she's a, and she's a great actress. She was awesome in Daredevil. I, I thought she was so underutilized in Retaliation. When they first announced that she was cast for Jinx, I was thrilled because she had done some action films out of France. Yeah. And she's just, she's just a badass, you know. And then and then I went and sat down at the screening for Retaliation in Indianapolis and was like, well, damn, she had two lines, you know. I mean, it was just yeah, she was underutilized for sure. Yeah, she's a she's half Cambodian, mm-hmm. and she is actually a martial artist. Right, she's badass. I she I wrote her in in Daredevil. Oh, nice. So I don't know. I will see. I I think the consensus here is we need a reboot. Let's throw out what's been done before, and start fresh, and hopefully start smaller with a with a more easily digestible, more kind of humanized storyline. Do a special mission story. See, I thought like I thought they should have a Netflix series that's more like Special Missions, where you know each epi- each episode or two you'd be embarking on a on a mission, and you might feature a couple characters that time that you don't see the rest of the season, kind of thing, just to give everybody a a broad cross section of the intellectual property that's available through GI Joe, because there's so many different characters and stories that can be utilized. I, I thought like Special Missions as a Netflix series would be incredible. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I've I think GI Joe and really Transformers is too, but they're almost too big mm-hmm. to really ever be done justice in a movie. Right. Like yep. there's just too much there. They ran too long. They introduced too many characters. There's there's too many factions. There's too many you know segments of your fandom that's not that aren't being served. That that television is is the best medium for them because it's a bit more open ended. Mm-hmm. But Obviously, that's not the way we're going. Everybody wants the big payday uh, mm-hmm. for these movies, so that doesn't matter so much. Yeah, but I continue to be very apprehensive about the the Hasbro shared universe. I'm, I'm just not. Even when stuff has been leaked to this point, I know it's very early in the process. Obviously, if they've got a release date of 2020 on these movies, there's not even a script in place. So oh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very apprehensive about what's coming. I, I just they're going to have to prove it to me. I think cautious optimism is a good approach, right? Because none of us lose by having more Joe intellectual property in development, 
right? Like this is in no way is another movie going to hurt any of us, right? It, it might not be exactly what we want it to be, but it's better than nothing, I would say. And I'm really hungry for G.I. Joe stuff since they canceled Renegades and after Retaliation. It's just there's been this complete vacuum of story development other than the comics, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm hungry for it. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Let's go. Let's do it. They had a writer's room, I guess, maybe a year ago, and they brought in some really big names. And it was my understanding that this writer's room was – was brought in just to talk about the different Hasbro properties that were not all Spark related, right? So I think they've been they've been having some conversations and thinking about this with some uh, big name, high caliber writing talent. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be cautiously optimistic for the next two years <laughs> till we see what they come up with. I, I will say the one fallacy in the whole idea of this Hasbro interconnectors is that. The reason that it worked with the Marvel Universe is every one of those characters has literally been around for decades with comic books on the spinner racks or comic books in the comic shops. And those stories have been developed over decades and different generations of readers come and go and pick it up. And, you know, they have their few years of reading it or maybe they become a lifelong fan. But regardless, over the 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 Years even. I mean, some of those characters started in the 60s, right? So they've been around 50-plus years. Every generation has had a chance to be exposed to those characters because Marvel's kept them around and continuously built them. That cannot be said for these Hasbro properties that they're putting together in this shared universe. G.I. Joe, in some form or another, has been pretty well developed if it's cartoons or movies or comic books or whatever. Same with Transformers. But... If you think of something like Mask or Micronauts or ROM, there, there's whole decades where nothing's being made, not a single book, not a single cartoon, nothing to continue building the presence of that intellectual property in the mind of that next generation, right? So yeah. how can you string together these properties that only really had an impact for some of them, only really had an impact for a couple years back in the 80s, 30 years ago, and hope that it's going to reach that wide audience. I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. 80%, 90% of that audience isn't going to have a clue what they are, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas whereas with Marvel, if you grew up in the 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s, you saw Spider-Man on the racks, right? You saw Ant-Man even as part of the Avengers. You saw Doctor Strange. So I, I don't know. I, You know, Mike, I, I share your... I share your hesitance because of that single fact that these intellectual properties have not been nurtured and cared for and slowly developed over decades. They had their moment, but it was kind of a flash in the pan for most of them. Yeah, this isn't even about G.I. Joe and Transformers per se. I mean, no. They've, no. They've existed in some form or another most of that time. Right. But you're putting Micronauts up as a tentpole and, and Mask. and I mean, Mask was, was nothing for 30 years. It was just... Right. Hey, great line of toys and you know, twenty five years ago and nothing yep. was done since then. Rom had a great comic run with Marvel back in the day, but after that four or five years and it certainly overstayed the welcome that they thought it was gonna have. But mm-hmm. after that, I mean Rom made a couple of guest shots in some Marvel books later, simply mm-hmm. because nobody cared enough to challenge them on the, the IP. Right. Uh, and then disappeared completely. Mm-hmm. So there's there's all kinds of just nothing. There's just a, these voids to cross, and there's so much origin work to do. And, and 
I just, you know, we've announced four movies, and it's kind of, I mean, obviously Dungeons and Dragons I don't think is going to have a whole lot to do with the rest of them. It hasn't been mentioned with with any of the other combined universe material we've seen to this point. So, I mean, flush that one out even, which leaves us with three, because I'm I'm going to assume that Untitled Hasbro Project is something pertaining to this, be it Mask or G.I. Joe 2 or or something else. Yeah. You know, it's just... I gotta, I gotta see something before I I can get excited about this. I, this isn't about either. This isn't about being a GI Joe that I can identify with. Like I don't. I, I've said many times. I don't need this to be Sunbow's GI Joe all over again. I don't need this to be Larry's GI Joe all over again. It just mm. needs to be done well. Right. You know, I'm I'm willing to let GI Joe go and be something different, but I'd rather have it continue than just change for change's sake and and then be another flash in the pan. Right. I I agree 100%. I mean, if if I could get a literal translation of Larry Hama's work on on the Marvel comic in in film form, I would embrace that happily and I would go probably see it at the theater 20 times. But I'm totally fine, like you're saying, with with a reboot, with a re-envisioning, with a total retelling of G.I. Joe, if that's what it's going to take to get the next generation to care. Right. I think all of us that have nieces and nephews and kids, we're pretty good about, you know, buying the toys and giving and handing them down to the next generation and getting them to care about it and then putting on the cartoon form and stuff. But we're an anomaly. Right. <laughs> so we're not. Yeah, enough. Well, we're, we're, we're the diehards. Yeah. Yeah. They're, so they're we're, we're not. A, I mean, you know, pure and simple. We're not enough. They absolutely need to appeal to a new generation. So re-envisioning is what that takes, and then go for it. You know, I'd rather see it live in a different form than die in the form that we knew it as as kids. Ladies, anything to add? No. <laughs> oh. All right. You be that way, then. You be that way. Well, I, I suppose we can kind of put a pin in that one there. I'm, I, I'm sure that movie discussion is going to come up yeah. on our program, on any other Joe program you might be listening to many times uh, over the next couple of years, so I'm, I'm not I'm not concerned about putting up a period on that one by any stretch. That That is the news. Hey, can I add, yeah, can I add one, one quick announcement? So, yeah. G.I. Joe, they just made the announcements for the new comics. So, Larry Hamm was hitting number 250, and they just announced the uh, solicitation for that for March 2018, so that's pretty freaking awesome that they're still running sequential numbers that they're, you know, not rebooting Larry's book. That's almost unprecedented these days where, you know, Batman and Spider-Man and everything is rebooted, you know, at least every couple of years. So that's pretty cool, man. If you've got the four bucks in your pocket, go out and buy Larry's book. He just introduced the female Snake Eyes, and that storyline's been really well received so far. And another cool thing they're doing is they're going to re-release G.I. Joe number one. They're going to do an anniversary edition that's going to come out in March as well. So if you want that, you know, pre-order it at, at your local comic shop. But that... That news just dropped, too. You really don't have any faith in us getting episodes out before then, do you? <laughs> that's, well, that's what I'm hearing when you when you Pre-orders. We need, we need oh, pre-orders. It's, it's, not that, okay. it's not that I don't think this will be out until March. It's that, you know, local comic shops need you to pre-order so they know how many books to order. So and look, Local comic shops, they get hosed, man. I've got a friend that runs a comic shop here, and they basically have to gamble. Every book that they buy, they have to pay out of pocket like 50%. And if they don't sell it, most books are not returnable, right? 
So they need they need fans to come in and tell them what they want so they know what to order so that they don't end up with product on the shelf that they're losing 50 cents on the dollar, which is pretty crazy. Man, look at them scramble, Joe. I didn't expect them to have right. answers for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Thanks, man. That's, that's, some, that's some serious uh, shucking and jiving there. <laughs> I'm a comic nerd, man. I love comics. <laughs> How do you not love comics? No. I don't know. I ask every best one. There are those weird people out there, Mike. Yep. I don't know who they are. I'm not friends with them, but yeah. They're gamers. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> I, don't, I, think, I think you're lying to me. That That is the news, then, and I'm sure we will revisit your last point again, because... You know, I don't, I don't have, I, I'm not planning nothing to commemorate any of that. Nope, no Siri Bob. Nope, nothing there. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, postdoc. It's time for the what's on Joe Mind postdoc, formerly mailbag. I guess it's always going to be mailbag, but I just like, I just like postdoc better right now, so it's going to be the postdoc. What? Why is it a postdoc? I, I read it more as post sack. Wow. It's post sock because that is mailbag in German. Ah, gotcha. And that is sponsored by All the Cool Stuff. Be sure to visit allthecoolstuff.co.uk for all of your G.I. Joe, Action Force, Transformers, Lego, uh, Guy in Furry Shorts needs. I mentioned what's on Joe Mine, and proprietor David Tree will uh, give, will say what? <laughs> Do they sell cosplay Christmas lights? That's just, what? you can get those at Walmart, man. You get the <laughs> string of those. There's a hundred of them. That's lights. A hundred of them for $1.99. Target. And uh, they, they slide into your ass pretty easy. Aww. Not my ass. They're just sitting on her butt. Okay. What do you do in the mailbag? Do you, get, do you have some letters to read? It, normally we do, but nobody decided to send us any this time. Oh, come on. We we did a, we recorded an episode a month ago, and nobody's heard hiding her hair of it yet, so I don't really blame them this time. No. Yeah. You know, once, yeah. once we get some, some regular content out there, I, I assume that right. post-sock contributions will be a bit more regular. I'm more concerned that King of the Mailbag, Adrian McCarthy, is now sending letters to full force. That doesn't make me happy. Doesn't, Doesn't make, make me happy. happy. Maybe if you spelled post sucked correctly, it'd be okay. It is spelled correctly. You're missing the K. No, that's post sack. This is post sock. Yep. This is German. I know. Look, man, all I know is what Google Translate tells me. The only kind of mail I get, Mikey, is people trying to ask me what stuff is worth, and I always just tell them to go look at eBay completed listings. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. What is, yeah. what is uh what does the mailbag at uh, at at 3D Joe's look like on a regular basis? Okay, so here's the second to last email. I came across a GI Joe electric trucking and it says US1 on the front and I believe it's from 84. I don't know what pieces are missing. I don't even see the truck that's supposed to race around on the track. I haven't put it together yet and I'm saying it like this cuz he's not using any punctuation. <laughs> I haven't put it together yet. Not enough time to work too much, but I also see somebody also that has one not all there and they want like 2 or 300 bucks for it. What are these things worth without all the pieces? It is missing few, but what they usually run like that and then a thumbs up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So uh, my, re- my response was just check eBay completed listings. 
<laughs> you need to start coloring up your responses a little bit. Yeah. You need to be like, hey, if I gave you a diaper. Doing that exactly, like just. Yeah, they were they were stream of consciousness, man. They were just tight. They were hitting that keyboard no, hard, you know. Who said not all there? Did he mean his head or? <laughs> he meant the parts of his train set, but I get where you're going. <laughs> your, your, um, your reply on that. Got that? You need to breathe and put some punctuation. Yeah. You're not your reply on that needs to be. Look, man, I don't know about any of that stuff, but if I gave you a diaper. <laughs> There's a girl. All right. No, I mean, the, the you, good stuff. If you took a crap in it, could I wipe you? Just to see what happens. I bet you stop getting those emails. It's true. It's true. Um, every now and then I get I get people that are sending me, you know, like unique unproduced pieces or photos of the posters hanging in frames, and they just want to show them off, and I, that's always fun, so... Scared no crazy fangirls or boys. You know, only like okay, I'm I'm being totally honest here. The only girls that will message are are like cosplayers that want me to share their stuff with the GI Joe community. You know what I mean? <laughs> it does happen that like they've done one costume. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you're no That's Joe Colton. <laughs> They're just trying to break into the community and they want you to share them. Weird. Yes, and it's very weird. Yeah, no doubt. I don't. You've you've never seen me share a cosplayer, right? So, I'm not. I'm not taking. I'm not biting that hook. Yeah, don't. We thought about it for a while, but then Joe started hissing, <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, "Okay, right. all right, no, no more. We're out." And then she'd have to approve that list, yeah. and yeah. like, no, we're not supporting this person. They're absolute trash. You know, a lot, of, a, a lot of times there's people hitting me up wanting me to do, like, Masters of the Universe or, like, some other toy line. No, I'm good. I don't have any passion for it, but thanks for reaching out. What you need to do, though, you need, to, like get a, <laughs> Why not? You need to get a stop motion of, of a Joe figure doing the Booker T spin rooney just because it would make me laugh. So I wonder if y'all can view that. It's from my inbox. See if y'all can click anything. <laughs> Stop. So don't don't say what she's wearing or anything. I don't want to put her on front street too bad like that. But but that's just all body paint. It's only we only have from like nipples up. Well, trust me, that's that's for the best. So there's more picture. Why is there lightsabers in her hand? It's I don't know. She's really a Star Wars fan, is why. Is she directing plane? Right. That's the first thing I thought, too. Air traffic control, right? Anyway. Oh, dear goodness. So, there's your mailbag, your post sack. Pretty much. There you go. We're sharing post sock with 3D Joes. So, so Carson, it's been a while since we got to talk shop with you. What's new on the old site? So, it's been a while, for sure. The last book that I did was, I think we printed it in March. And that covered 1989 and 19, or excuse me, 1988, 1989. And so before I'll, you know, roll out the iTunes version of the book, I have to finish everything on the site that corresponds to that book. So what we've done since the last book is create vehicle pages and the figure pages were already done, but we created vehicle pages, playset pages and peripheral item pages for every piece that's shared in the, in the uh, fourth volume. So every vehicle from 1988 and 1989 is new to 3D Joe's since that last book. 
we also finished the magazine archive. So there was, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine magazines that came out. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, the magazine. And so I've scanned every single page. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go in and, and flip through those and kind of walk down memory lane. There's the letter columns where people send in their little sketches and stuff. And there's some actually really good artwork in there from Dave Dorman. He did a lot of the covers. There's some posters in there from everybody from Hector Garrido to uh, to Dave Dorman. So there's some really good artwork throughout those magazines. There's also some not-so-good artwork in there, which is some of it's laugh- laughably bad. And you've seen people share different images like Cobra Commander squeezing an orange and, like, juices coming out of it just like kind of kind of weird stuff there's one that looks like they're running through cornfields and like lasers are popping the corn into popcorn it's just it's it's funny stuff so the magazine archive is is totally complete and a lot of that is new the vehicle archive is complete and a lot of that's new everything from the razorback to the thunderclap to dark clowns evader his two just a lot of great stuff the um, newsletter section has had a couple updates. So I think we've covered every single newsletter, like official fan club newsletter. So that's all finished out. Other than that, you know, just little stuff here and there. But the majority of the focus has been on collecting, documenting, restoring, and then gathering all these materials for the next book, which is volume five. And that covers 1990 through 1992. So that's going to be every figure vehicle playset, peripheral piece. And we've made some, I think we're 90% of the way there. All the vehicles, all the figures, all the playsets are already restored. All we're working on now is the peripheral pieces, kind of the Photoshop image restoration work that has to happen. Yeah, so we're almost done with Volume 5, and then there'll be Volume 6, which will be 93, 94, plus like an international bonus section, maybe 10 or 12 pages of international artwork. And we'll have documented everything from 1982 to 1994 in six books. And with the sixth book, we're going to create a slipcase to hold all six of them. It's kind of a slow march, you know, started this five years ago, and it's basically just a slow march towards trying to accomplish whatever goal I put in in front of myself next. And, you know, to be clear, there's a bunch of other people that help me with this stuff, too. So Chad Huckle's been a huge help help on the books. Brian Sauer helped out with uh, one or two of the books. You know, I've got dozens of people that have mailed me stuff to document and. There's, there's been a lot of contributors, and so I don't want to – anytime I'm talking about it, I want to make sure that that's clear that I'm not just doing all this by myself. It's uh, I've enjoyed your books. I, I didn't get a chance to pick up the most recent one. I don't have volume four. Well, it's interesting. The, the longer they go on, the more images are in them, right? Starting with the, – the first book feels sparse to me now compared to where we've ended up. Like the first book might have 80-something images in it. I could pull up the Kickstarter real quick and get the actual numbers, but I haven't you know looked at that in a while. But basically, the first book was like somewhere around 80 images, and then the next book was like 100, and the next book was 120, and I think the fourth book was like 160 images, and it's crammed into the same kind of 78-page format. I mean, it's just chock full. Yeah, so volume one was 62, volume two was 95, volume three was 126, and volume four was 147 unique pieces of art. We're at the point now where we're spending over 400 hours on each book just in image restoration, just in Photoshop, taking out price tags, tears, creases, stains, whatever, and trying to get it back to, you know, as factory fresh as we can. And that's me and Chad. I know Chad with Volume 5. He, he tracks it as he goes. He's already done over 220 hours. I'm, I'm sure I'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of that once I've done all the layout and the iBook and the Amazon stuff. And, yeah, so it, it's a labor of love. You know, it, it takes forever. And it's just kind of a slow, a slow march towards the goal, but we're getting there. And um, you've done great. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. It's interesting when you try and create a context around it. I mean, it's obviously your books are are images mostly. It's not a whole lot of text going on, uh, so mm. it's not providing that. But but you kind of see, like like you said from the beginning, it's pretty much toys. And there's a few other non-toy items that have pictures in there too. Mm. But you just kind of watch the momentum on this build as GI Joe goes from being this this kid's property to something that really grabbed a hold of something in society and just continued to expand with it. You go from just being toys to being toys and lunch boxes and school supplies and color forms and board games and and all this other related stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it comes up a lot what years the toys sold real well, but I think it that right. doesn't even belie what kind of a mint the G.I. Joe was because it wasn't just toys. Man, I, I give all the credit to Kirk uh, Bazigian, who was in charge of marketing when they first launched but man, that first, those first couple years, they had an incredible amount of partnerships with, with licensed, uh, people making licensed properties for them. I mean, just right out of the gate, I'm, I'm purely focused on the painted artwork, right? So I'm not focused on anything that looks like it has like comic book style line art. I'm, I'm focused on, you know, kind of the higher end, more fully fleshed out gouache or acrylic or whatever artwork. Sure. And so, I'd, I'd say that it hit its zenith in terms of, you know, painted artwork in the, in the mid to late 80s, right, in, in terms of just the sheer quantity of painted artwork that they were putting out. I would say that G.I. Joe is unique compared to any other toy brand in that they created a unique individual painting for every single product. If it was a figure, if it was a vehicle, if it was a playset. You know, a lot of other toy lines had artwork, but a lot of other toy lines kind of shared collage images on multiple different products. They, they didn't they didn't invest in a unique drawing or a unique illustration for every single product. And so G.I. Joe was was unique in that way and it was a tremendous investment and it was a it was a you know, it was a third party resource that was doing this stuff for them for the first, you know, six or seven years exclusively, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they were working with this agency, the agency that hired Hector Garrido, and just imagine all of that, ex- all those paintings were created externally. They didn't really move the artwork in-house or even start dabbling on moving the artwork in- in-house until 1987. The uh, Battle Force 2000 figures were all drawn in-house, and that was the first product that I know of in terms of figures or vehicles that were done in house, but mm. Hector and, and Ed Morrill and those guys were still working on this stuff in, into the late eighties. I think 1989 is when they officially moved everything in house. So the most productive painting years were, were all external. So that was a tremendous investment on Hasbro's part. And that's what I'm really grateful for that they, that they had the prescience or the foresight to, and to invest in artwork that way, because we noticed it. Like when you walk down the aisle and you saw GI Joe, you knew how unique it was because of the painted artwork. I mean, th- you could have a figure like Scarlet that really, let's be honest, was not an attractive figure, but then you have a Hector Garrido painting of her, and that just brought her to life, right? Yeah. So the, the painting, the paintings made all the difference in the world to me, and that's one of the reasons I'm so fixated on them. I think now that you've been talking talking bad about Scarlet, uh, Joe Colton's <laughs> going to meet you out back by the dumpster. <laughs> it's just the toy. It's just the toy. It was the first year, you know. They hadn't they hadn't really perfected how to do the female yet. To me, the Baroness was always such a cooler figure with the kind of plastic hair piece that allowed to like fall over her shoulders and everything. So, so one of the interesting things, though, Mike, that's been happening is uh, I went up to Hascon 
And so that was a, a tremendous experience. I'm really glad that I went. They're going to have it again in 2019, and I'm sure I'll go. But they really pulled out all the stops for G.I. Joe. They brought in 24 legends is what they called them, and these are all people that worked internally at Hasbro on the line. So there was two illustrators there. Doug Hart was the one that worked internally at Hasbro that basically took over for Hector Garrido and the, and the uh, third-party packaging company. I got to meet Doug. I got to nail down a lot of questions that I had with him. He was the one that was responsible for painting the 1987 catalog art with the Defiant taking off and Lieutenant Falcon and Law and Outback and those guys running from these flames of, of the Defiant's like thruster hitting the ground in the foreground. And then there's like Crockmaster and the Mamba and a bunch of other stuff. But so that was his first piece that he did internally for G.I. Joe. And that was airbrush because he was like an airbrush guy, right? And they wanted to move these paintings internally, and they had to basically prove, they had to kind of work themselves up to be confident, 100% confident, that they could emulate the style that had been set by Hector Garrido. And so it took them a couple years to get there before they kind of fully transitioned into doing all that artwork internally. And I wouldn't know a lot of this stuff if I didn't get to go up there and talk with Doug, and they had a nice panel conversation. So Doug was on that, and then Bob LaVoy was on that. But Bob was more of like a vehicle illustrator, and I don't think he did near the volume of stuff that Doug Hart did. And in addition to that, I was able to go up to New York this past weekend and interviewed the guy that was in charge of the packaging company, you know, that worked with Hasbro for two decades. So I'm, I'm trying to be Indiana Jones about this and really dig wherever I can and find out whatever I can about this painted artwork and figure out who did what, when, and why, and make sure people are credited properly and, and that kind of thing. So I think you'll be surprised when you crack open volume four. Not only are we getting more and more images in each volume, we're getting a lot more writing in each volume because of the I think the research is paying off. I didn't want this book to be about my voice, right? I just didn't want to talk too much. I wanted the artwork to speak for itself. I wanted to present it in a nice way. But, you know, now that now that I'm learning a lot more about it, I simply have a lot more to say about it. And so the books are the books are starting to reflect that. So, pick up volume 4, Mikey. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll get there, man. You, yeah. The the volume 4 had the misfortune of being at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Which meant I I didn't buy it because I didn't buy anything in the beginning part of this year. Right on. Anything right on. at all. Well, the good news is the Kickstarter did really well. Um, so I printed a thousand of them. I, the reason that I went ahead and printed a thousand was I don't want to be running out of previous volumes before I finish volume six. Like when when somebody discovers this, you know, for the next Kickstarter on volume five, or if they don't discover it until the volume six, I want to I want them to be able to purchase every issue. I actually talked to Hasbro about this. It was funny. I raised $32,000 on the last Kickstarter. I spent 37 on printing and shipping. So, uh, yeah, I had to reprint volumes one and two. But in doing that, you know, I went back in and made some improvements, laid some things out a little bit differently, and, and, and got uh, two new pieces in there on the reprints. It's a passion project. You know, it's, it's not you're a... You're making it count. Yeah, it's not it's not a money maker, but um, you know I've I've always been the the type that has to make something every day, and this is the first project that I've had that literally just lasts for years. You know, it just kind of feels endless, and so whenever I have a just a crap day, I can go put in three or four hours working on this, and and it just kind of rebalances things. I, I I tell people it's like yoga for me. Speaking of yoga, where's Maggie? Maggie, I'm right here. All right, just checking. If you were uh, if if you were on your head, we were going to demand photo evidence. You have no room in here. 
I'd probably knock over the tree. Curse. Go for it. We want pictures of that, too. Or kill one of the plants or something. Yeah. No robe. Plants. Bah. 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 All right. Well, that's extended post-sock right there. That brings us to what we got in, uh, sponsored by Kokomo Toys. Our favorites from America's Heartland, Kokomo Toys, and scenic Kokomo, Indiana. Stop in, say hey to Todd and Amber and the Garrisons and the whole gang, and tell them what's on Joe Mind sent you, and they'll look at you and say, what? I'll get this started. What I got in since the last time we recorded... Eh, nothing. <laughs> that was short. Joe Colton. Uh, I picked up the uh, Larry Hama, the two forty-five first issue of the Female Snake Eyes. I think I got three different covers because I liked all of them. Nice. I did not get the one with the blueprint of her costume, which is what I wanted. It is not going to be my Saturday costume before you ask. Mary asked that, too. Yeah, yeah. Mary already asked that. Are you building this? Yes. Is it your Saturday costume? No. I think I said that I I picked up the first four issues of Voltron, the comic. Hmm. I picked up a couple of Wonder Woman comics. That's it. A lot. Cool. What about you, Maggie? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. All right. Well, um, I just moved into my new house. Uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. Um, I was room to put. I've, I've been working out of my house for the last two and a half years, and my my previous house was twelve hundred square feet, and I had a guy there working with me full time for the last six months in my living room. The two of us with two editing suites set up. <laughs> so it was a, and you know I'm a toy collector, so I have freaking toys everywhere, right? So it was it was just crazy. So I finally found a little bit bigger house. Uh, the funny thing about it is I can't afford to furnish half of the house now. So, <laughs> Which is why it sounds like he's in a cave. So it, it, not only is the house twice as big, but it's got a detached carport office, right? So there's a carport up front and then there's an office on the back side. And so I've just been tricking out my office with all kinds of like toy-related stuff. So I've been on a bit of a binge. I bought four four monitors and four USB drives, and I put cartoons on the USB drives, and I just run them on loop on those monitors. So it's awesome. Uh, G.I. Joe, Batman, the animated series, uh, X-Men, and Exosquad. And then underneath each of those, I have toys that are related to those cartoons. Very cool. I won't name every everything that I bought because it's shameful. Well, <laughs> you've, you've, heard, you, you've heard the full force, right? Yeah. Is, is oh, yeah. it less than McLeod? No, no, McLeod, I don't know how he affords what he affords. I, I also follow him on Facebook, and every other day he's picking up something, and there's, like, there's no discretion. <laughs> he's buying anything and everything. I just don't. What's it? I don't care that he buys it. I'm like, what yeah. factory do you have where right. you're walking in, and there's a warehouse of toys? Like, and they better be all off. I've, I've seen him in action. It's It's crazy. I, I don't even know how you organize that. You know, like is is any of it accessible, or does he just kind of, does he kind of have bins that he puts stuff away in, and then he stacks them? Or the key is right now, I think he's he's got it in three different places in the world. Okay, yeah. So yeah. so yeah, I think there's a, a good good amount of stash still in the UK. Mm. 
I believe it is the entire southern half of the island. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a good stash in Columbia, Missouri, and a good stash in Las Vegas, Nevada. So there's there, he's he's spread out a bit. Yeah. Well, I say- don't like it being called Nevada. 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 I, I will say since there's not since there's not really any like new Joe product to buy, what it, what do you guys do to kind of scratch your GI Joe purchasing itch? I fill my gaps from previous, or I just buy Red Ninjas and add to the stupid collection I have. Is that what? What kind of Red Ninjas are you talking? Modern era. All of it. Doesn't all of. All the red ninjas. All the ninja, red ninjas. Yeah, Maggie's opened up bins and she's like, "Why are there hundreds of red ninjas?" That's awesome. Well, if you do, you remember that uh, display that they had on at Hascon in 2012 with the mountain and it was full of red ninjas? Yeah. That was incredible. Such a good I display. Yeah. I don't have- you don't have what? I don't have room. Ah, uh, yeah. Anything? Yeah. That's never stopped you before. That's quitter talk. <laughs> It will be going in the laundry room if if I have to. Quitter talk is all it is. Quitter talk. What about you, Mike? What do you what Mike? What do you buy in times of low tide? Usually, that's when I go back to work on vintage stuff. Yeah, I actually have. I picked up just just because they had a nice one. I, I picked up a an '86 beachhead and a couple other late. Late in the run figures from a local place, Saga Toys. Mm-hmm. I, I thought of it reminded me of Rich because we talked about Chris. I've taken Chris there, and I always tease him that he's putting Rich's kids through through college. Right. We've got one local vintage toy store here, and I think uh, times like now are are definitely a boon for them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, like it's it's funny too because because Rich is a is really like he's a GI Joe guy more than anything else. The guy who runs the shop, so. Mostly, uh, I'll go in and we'll talk for a while on how he's just licking his chops at any kind of new product coming out for GI Joe, and I'm like, man, I would tell you everything I knew if I knew anything. Yeah, it's gonna. It's. I mean, <laughs> everything that Hasbro's been telling us is that they're not gonna make anything else until 2020 when this movie comes. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it was at first it was 19. Yeah. And now it looks like, uh, you know, that to, if you're going to line it up with what they told us, nothing until there's movie product. Yeah. I'm going to guess af- after New Year's in 2020 is when that's going to hit. Right on. Yeah, if the movie's in March, um, retailers are probably – retailers have long memories. And if you think about the last time that Target and Walmart got G.I. Joe product, that was for retaliation. And they pushed retaliation, the movie, back a year after the product had been shipped, Right. Yeah, that, that product kind of withered on the vine. And so I hope, you know, in 2020, they sync that thing up perfect, you know, and product hits the shelf in February or whatever, late February, and the movie hits in March, and and hopefully they'll capture lightning in a bottle. But we'll see. Well, I mean, the problem with it was with that delay is, is that the merchandise actually moved pretty well. Yeah. It's just that they sent out Wave 1 and Wave 2, and they sold through those, mm-hmm. and, and then – they had already put their orders in for Wave 3 and Wave 4, and Hasbro put the brakes on. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they, they kind of got their they kind of got their noses out of joint a little bit, and, and really rightfully so. Yeah. Because they had all this money tied up in product that wasn't being shipped mm-hmm. because there was no movie to back it up. And I see where Hasbro is coming from with it, and I see where the retailers are coming from with it. Mm-hmm. So by the time... Wave three, uh, like they had already passed on wave three and wave four. It never, never had a chance because they weren't going to reset their planograms to accommodate for the 
the delayed moving. Gotcha. So basically, they they got it in and they just they turned it right around at their distribution centers, and it went out to Five Below and Ross and all these other places that they sell their overstock to. Mm-hmm. So it, it really wasn't a sales problem. They weren't disappointed with how how retaliation performed in terms of how figures sold. Mm-hmm. But the timeline was so messed up that they couldn't reconcile it. Yeah, I think I think by the time waves three and four came around, they had completely removed retaliation product from the shelves in Target and Walmart. The the only place that we could get it was Toys R Us. And I remember I, I picked up all that stuff at Toys R Us. I, I didn't have any trouble getting waves three and four at Toys R Us, but I do remember just loading up at it on, on waves three and four at like Ollie's on the cheap. You know, and that's that's probably the the Walmart and Target kind of refuse that you mentioned. Yeah, Target sells a lot to Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, Target sells a lot to to Marshalls and TJ Maxx. Yep. Um, and Target sells to Five Below. Well, and that's where I think all the Five Below product came from when when Wave Four hit. Mm-hmm. The you know the the wave that had that that the the Crimson Guardsman and the Night Viper and. Yeah. Um, and those figures. Great wave. Five Below was the place, man. Yeah. Holy smoke. It, I, I loaded loaded up on They those. were good toys too, you know? They were they were definitely Yeah, they were great toys. Yeah. So it was I mean it was kind of a win for us, but that's Dutch sucks for Hasbro. Um Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully hopefully they'll get it right. I mean hey, look, they've got two and a half years lead time here to figure it out and to, to get the product you know buttoned up. I think the challenge with movies is, you know, a lot of that Toy lines, they require a lot of development up front. There's a there's quite a timeline that has to happen. And movies are moving so quickly these days. I'm not sure that you can have a movie totally buttoned up in terms of like costume designs, uh, everything and like be shooting and and then start the toy production with those exact matching costumes and have the toys be ready by the time the movie's ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like movies can yeah. movies can get made a little more quickly than toys at this point. A lot more quickly than toys. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, hopefully Hasbro will have some say in getting those character designs nailed down earlier so that whatever toy product is ready when the movie lands will match the movie. But we'll see. So, do you, are you are you going to continue to be modest or are you going to give us an inkling of what you got in? Who me? <laughs> yeah, you. Oh man. Okay, I'll just kind of wrap, I'll rattle off. Some more names. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> What'd y'all say, Maggie? I said, we, if he started listing it off, we'd be here all night, and some of us have to work in the morning. Ah, I got you. Okay, I'll just, uh, I will say that there's been a lot of um, kind of pre-production and, like, behind-the-scenes kind of materials that have been coming out. There's a auction site called Hakes Americana and Collectibles, and Kevin Watts has been liquidating his collection on there. So probably... A couple of the best pieces that I've gotten lately are some of those Kodak Ektachrome transparencies of the original packaging art without any of the graphics or anything on them. And so I picked up the whole, nice. I picked up the whole DEF run, all six figures, and I picked up the Hurricane vertical takeoff and landing jet. That's fun for me, you know, just because I'm into the painted art, but it's also, it's also a lot of fun to just like throw those on a light board and look at them because they're like higher resolution than an iPad and a display. It's amazing. The resolution of those those transparencies. That's it. Everything else is just toys. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So shout outs sponsored by Planet Nerd Rage Productions, makers of Ghost Source Zero, coming your way soon. Maggie, we'll let you go first since you're itching to bow out. Who are you shouting on to? 
I have no idea. You can shout out to me. Can I? Yes. Why? Why not? <laughs> that would be that would be lame. <laughs> She's sitting right there. I'd be lame. Oh, yes. My my shout out is to Cosplay Culture Magazine, who published me this month. Nice. Awesome. What what characters? How can we get a hold yeah, of them? What characters are you? At Barnes and Noble and Joanne's, I believe, carries it. Wow. I'm on page twenty. No, page thirty. In my Benny Jesuit. Awesome. Yeah. What's What's the name of the magazine? Cosplay Culture. Got it. Awesome. The December one issue, though. So. If there's any left, you'll be... He's typing it in. You can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Calling me out. Gotta support my friends, man. That's it? That's all you're shouting out to? Just the... Okay. Uh, no friends? No loved ones? <laughs> no one who listens to you, Mike. It's, it's the holiday spectacular. Shout out to Santa. Doesn't matter if they <laughs> listen. Santa! Yeah. There you Props. go. See? That, that's fine. Little... Little, little self preservation isn't bad. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, okay, I guess I'll go next. Um, shout out to my mom and dad. Uh. <laughs> um, shout out to the finest as usual. Shout out to the women of cosplay. Um, they're doing a charity Instagram. What's it called? The I have no idea what you're talking about. Where you pay? What the fuck is that called? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey. Oh my God! Just a pee. Pandora. You got to pray. Pray. Bye, you Tom. Are you paying get like a postcard or a oh, Patreon? Patreon, yes. They're doing a, a Patreon uh, for they're doing it between bullying and like standing up for yourself and, and having courage and uh, not being abused. And then also I don't know. You guys. Thank you. Awesome year. Yeah, uh, I look forward to JoeCon a lot and uh, seeing the shenanigans we all get up to next year. Awesome. And cool. <laughs> um, Mikey, you want to go? No, you go ahead, man. Okay. I'm also going to thank Mom and Dad for making me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to, no, seriously, I want to thank, well, I mean, I do thank them for that, but I want to thank the people that I talked to that know about all this stuff that have helped me try to like piece things together. So the Kirk Bazigians and the, the Dan Klingenschmitz and I don't want to name drop the packaging guy cause he's a little bit more private, but the, I, I just went up and sat with him this weekend and that was just an incredible experience. And um, I actually got to go to Larry Hamlet's house this past weekend and shoot an interview with him. And so as soon as I have approval on that, I'll be sharing that, but that was just an incredible experience as well. So I think people seeing that I, that I have a passion for it and then allowing me to, to kind of visit with them, that's a huge thing for them to open their doors and sit down and talk with me, and, and I am eternally grateful for that. And, and thanks, of course, to my friends. You know, at the finest, I've started to pack my Lieutenant Falcon finest card in with my books, so hopefully people enjoy that little, little cross-referencing there, cross-branding for the finest. You know, thanks for you, uh, Mike, having me on to talk. Man, I always enjoy it being on the show. I think that's about it, man. All right. Get used to the idea because we'll probably be calling you. Cool. I'm happy to be on, man. really am. <laughs> I'm going to give a shout-out, of course, to our sponsors, uh, AVAX Lab, GeneralsJoes.com, Cool Stuff, Kokomo Toys, and Planet Nerd Rage Productions. Uh, thanks again for putting up with us, associating with us. 
because Lord knows we're a pretty shameful lot. Shout out, of course, to to my friends and family here in the holiday season. Uh, won't see a whole lot of you this year, not until afterwards, but that's just how it rolls sometimes. Give a shout out to you guys. Thanks so much for taking time out of your schedules. I know we always seem to, like I said at the beginning of the show, we always seem to get Joe right as she's packing up to leave somewhere. <laughs> and I even said to her, you know, we, we set this up a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I'm, so I'm, so I'm sending IMs around, like, so what, what day is best for you? And she names, like, every other day except this one before we finally get to this one. Because cause I couldn't do the other ones. Like, I just had no way around them. But today I could I could work with. And so this is wound up being the one. And, of course, it's the day before she loads up everything and and goes off to visit the nook of the frozen north. <laughs> the fro- the so frozen nook. The frozen the frozen the nooks. I'm going to bring you a frozen nook. The Canucks, the Canucks with the Nanooks. I, I'm sure I would react to that if you could speak into the microphone. I'm gonna give you a Nanook. All right then. Yeah. I don't know how to re. I don't know how to react to that. I don't know if that's a threat. I don't know if that's well. a, a come on. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> All right. Somewhere in between. I don't. I don't know if that's food. I don't know what that is. So I. I if it's food, I'm interested. It's not. Wow. Well, guys, uh, well don't forget as you go home this Christmas to dig out your photo box and look for pictures of you with old toys yeah. and uh, send it in to me and chat at childhoodgijoe at, G- at gmail.com. There's my final plug, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> my final shout-out is, of course, to our listeners. Um, we have put you through quite a bit the last couple of years in terms of waiting for episodes and material and, and other good stuff, and we've been pretty sporadic. So don't think we don't notice that you've hung with us. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Hopefully, knock on nearest substance, in this case, uh, screen from an old television, we've gotten that a bit more straightened out and we'll be a little bit more productive with our our time this coming year. I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, Joe on the spot and see if she she's uh, familiar enough with how we close the show to fill swap roles here. Uh, but on behalf of our our co-host production team uh, and what's on Joe Mind folks everywhere, thanks so much for listening to us here on the What's on Joe Mind uh, Holiday Spectacular 2017. And join us again for the next episode of What's on Joe Mind. There we go. See, she can be taught. It was very weird. I was channeling my Mike Irizarry. The face she was making. We need, like, video of that. Next time. Next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Christmas time!